Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today we're going to reflect upon summertime spiritual growth, taking this time during this season of ordinary time, maybe not so ordinary time, to let Jesus work in our lives. So, Archbishop, as we begin, would you help us? Leading Absolutely. Us in, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have revealed your love to us in the most striking way in the revelation of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came, walked among us, lived with us, and redeemed us in his own flesh on the cross. Lord, as we enjoy these beautiful months of summer and some rest, we ask you to help us not lose sight of that great love that you have shown us in your son Jesus. May we never lose sight of it. May we never forget it. May we never take it for granted, even when we recreate and are away from our normal routine, but keep us always mindful of your love. All this we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we keep on asking St. Joseph, I think, about that father figure in our lives during the summertime. You know, Archbishop, it is a time, I know at least for families, this could be the time where they schedule family uh, barbecues, family gatherings. I know we would always go to the beach. Coming from (laughs) Oregon, we would travel to the Oregon coast. That would be the typical summertime event as Uh the family to go. But I think about in more recent times that I had a particular year where I went on a full week Bible study uh, retreat, and this was before becoming Catholic, and it was at that retreat where I was really questioning my direction, and it led me right into a Father John Henderson and led me into the RCIA, but it was in the summertime of really reflecting, Mm. where is God taking in my Mm. my life? And Mm. it led me into a deeper discernment, finally becoming Catholic. So I think that this is a time of, of growth, that it can be a time if we take advantage for each individual, married, single, priest, religious, young, old, that we could use this time to grow in our faith. And I just wanted to have you reflect a little bit, too, the importance of taking time to grow deeper in our faith. Well, you know, you, you, you raise a, a really important point, I think, and that's how we use this time. Uh, we, I, really, we should be asking ourselves always, you know, how do I use my sure. time? I always say that that if you want to know what is really important to a person, look at how they use their time. Even even money, yes, but even more so than how we use our money. If you really want to know what a person's values are, what's important to them, what their priorities are, look at how they use their time. And really, that could be a very good point of examination for all of us, myself included. Mm -hmm. You know, I can, 
I have to keep things in balance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I get out of balance. I do. I, 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 you know, there are times when I'm, you know, too fo- focused on, on, on work and activity and then I'm not taking, uh, I'm pretty good about prayer. I, I not, I don't tend to short shift, uh, short shift prayer. Although at times that, that temptation is there too, but I might, I might, uh, sacrifice just general health and care for myself and my, my, my physical health, uh, getting exercise, for example, uh, or I might get, you know, overbalanced in recreation, you know, entertainment kind of stuff. Um, so we need to keep things in balance. But if we look at our life, if you look at the time that you if, you, if you examine your typical week and then maybe look at your typical month and then your typical season and then maybe your typical year, where are you spending your time? Where are you devoting your time and energy to? That says a lot about what's important to you and what your values are. So as we approach this, well, not approach, we're in the middle of this summertime. In fact, uh, a little uh, secret to all of you, uh, uh, sometimes we, we tape these uh, radio shows a little in advance. And as this airs for the first time, I myself will be on a little vacation okay. <laughs> and, and taking some R&R. But in this time of summer, when things tend to slow down a little bit, uh, not as much as I think they used to, but uh, they still slow down, school's out. Everybody's at just a little bit more calm, relaxed pace. Uh, normally, we, we want to take that time, uh, you know, for recreation, for vacation, for getting away, for, you know, doing those activities that, that we look forward to, especially in the beautiful summer months. But it's also a, a, a time, because it's more relaxed, because it's a little bit freer time, It's not there's not as much of a demand on our time, how about we build into our summer vacation or our summer time plans, carve out some extra time for our, our spiritual growth, as you say. Mm-hmm. You know, during the course of the year, yeah, I understand we all get busy, you know, especially when school's in session, we got school, we got kids in school, we got work, uh, you know, we've got just the busyness of life. It's hard to take time. We just feel like we're, going from one thing to another or as father john ricardo with uh, uh acts 29 likes to uh, uses that image of playing whack-a-mole you know i, I never <laughs> right. i had never played whack-a-mole but i I've, I've seen it now you know sometimes we just feel through the course of the year we're just playing whack-a-mole you know waiting for the, the the latest thing that needs to be tended to but in summer we can slow down a little bit and as as we slow down let's not just focus on our recreation on our having fun but let's focus also on our relationship with the Lord, because this is a time now where we can take a deep breath mm-hmm. and have some more time, maybe to do some spiritual reading uh, during the summer, uh, maybe to take a little bit more time for prayer, maybe even to do what you did, Dina Marie, use some of our vacation time to, to do a spiritual enrichment experience, right. you know, for ourselves or for our families. But in other words, as we go into summer, we need to incorporate into our summer plans, into our activity, into our recreation, into our vacation, a real meaningful space for God because, because it, it's, it's an opportune time. It's, a, it's an ideal time because things are a little bit quieter and slower. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, how we use our summertime, vacation, recreation, whatever, you know, again, says a lot about what's important to us. And uh, certainly if we're on vacation and we're traveling, listen, we don't take a vacation from mm-hmm. our faith. We don't take a vacation from our relationship with our Lord. 
uh, we don't take a vacation from the Eucharist. Right. You know, this is summertime, being on vacation isn't an excuse to miss mass. You know, it's funny. We talked a couple programs ago about the lifting of the dispensation, yeah. you know, from the obligation to attend Sunday mass, of course, which just, uh, as this as this airs the first time, just fully went into effect on a Sunday last, last Sunday. I had a, actually a priest uh, advising me, say to me, well, maybe we should wait till the fall to lift the dispensation because you'll be lifting it just around the time summer vacations start. And you know how people are during the summer. They tend to want to, you know, kind of forget a little bit about mass during the summer. So for you to be lifting the obligation or, or reinstating the obligation, I say, right around the time they're heading off to summer plans, you know, that might not be the best timing. I said, well, you know, that's that's really not the way to look at this, right. you know, but that, but it's true. You know, we sometimes we think in the summertime, ah, you know, we'll take a little break. We'll come back in the fall. When the kids mm. are back in school. We'll come back to our full participation in the life of the parish and church and mass and all that. And, and, but, you know, we, 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 we need a little break. Well, then we're looking at it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about what the mass is all about, what the Eucharist is all about. We need it. We need it even during our summer vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, we need it. It's 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 our it's our daily food. Absolutely. And I think about taking a pilgrimage, going on a trip. You know, we don't have to buy an airline ticket. We don't have to travel a thousand miles away. Particularly if we live in Western Oregon, you are within a bike ride. Sometimes you're within a walk. I mean, any of our local parishes is a pilgrimage site. You have a chance to be in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. You can be there with Jesus in a chapel, just about anywhere. Go to the cathedral. I think for our listeners who have never been to St. Mary's, the Immaculate Conception Cathedral, Make it part of your summertime experience. Take your kids. Uh, you've got people visiting. Go to the grotto. Go to the cathedral. Um, but this is a time for us to maybe explore our own Catholic roots right where we live. Yes. You know, we. I, it's amazing to me the number of people that I run into, because uh, I celebrate Mass with some regularity now at the cathedral. And really, I mean, I, I do celebrate Mass at the cathedral when I don't have another weekend commitment at another parish. And that weekend schedule during COVID has been pretty much, you know, nothing outside of, of Portland. So I've been pretty much at the cathedral almost every week through throughout this last year. And it's amazing to me the number of people that I run into at the cathedral who are coming to visit the cathedral. Yeah. They've never been here before. They're part of the archdiocese. I remember the first weekend that we could have people back in church. Uh, that was very, very early on. And I remember I was so excited to finally see people again in church, you know, <laughs> right. and I got there a little bit early. So I went out. There was, I don't know how many people were there. It wasn't that many just to visit with the folks and welcome them. And I was trying to see where they were from, you know, and, and well, uh, this couple was from Roseburg and they were up on vacation and, and wanted to, to, to visit the cathedral their first time. And, and the husband had just come into the church. Mm. Then I walked over to another, a, uh, an older man and a younger uh, man and, and uh, uh, you know, said I asked them where they were from. They said, well, we're from Milwaukee. And I thought, well, oh, no, that's nice. You know, you made it up here from, no, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ah. <laughs> and uh, father and son, it turned out. And it turned out that the young man was, was going to be starting the seminary in the fall. Mm-hmm. And he had, he had followed me and some of my uh, Facebook and, and, and YouTube stuff and everything else. And, and so we connected there. Then I walked across, greeted another. They were from Chicago. But but they were all there. And I mean, they were obviously in town for various reasons. But uh, but they but they saw this as a pilgrimage mm-hmm. to come to the cathedral. So I I would that's a that's a good idea. Or you know, we had a couple. 
from uh, down south of Corvallis, they, they go to St. Mary's, who made it a mission to visit and attend Mass. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember that, yeah. At every parish in the Archdiocese of Portland, all 124 parishes. And I think they were trying to get the missions in too, I mean, 22 missions. And they showed me their map and their their scrapbook from, from their visit. They made this a, a, a spiritual mm-hmm. uh, a endeavor for them to, to make this pilgrimage to all of these churches, every parish in the archdiocese. And I just thought, wow. I mean, that's something I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, so that's that's just amazing. So, yeah, we can we can do those things. We don't have to. You know, I used to say that, too. I remember when, you know, I know a lot of people still are devotees of, of, of Medjugorje. I remember back when I was first ordained a priest in the early 90s. It was really hot. People were really into Medjugorje. A lot of people were making pilgrimage there. And everybody was talking about it. It was in the buzz in the in the, my first parish assignment at our cathedral back in Michigan. And, you know, people were making these sacrifices to travel all, you know, halfway across the world, you know, to visit Medjugorje. And I, and I, I remember saying, because there was a particularly zealous uh, uh, a pilgrim and devotee who'd made several trips really trying to urge me to go and was kind of disappointed that I, I wasn't, you know, jumping at the, at the opportunity to go. And I said, you know, the church is not pronounced on this, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, you know, I don't know. I, I see so many people who are willing and wanting to travel halfway around the world to visit a place where our Blessed Mother might be appearing. But how many would walk down the street to visit with our Blessed Lord, who we know is truly present in the Eucharist, in, in the tabernacle, or we had perpetual adoration mm-hmm. in the monstrance? You know, I mean, Jesus is for sure present there. Jesus himself, the son of God is present there. And, and I won't do that, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll travel halfway around the world uh, to go someplace where maybe our, our lady is appearing, you know? So I think we need to, we don't have to look far and wide. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we, can, we can revitalize our faith just, just locally as well. Absolutely. And I think we just are blessed as we've talked about the Holy Spirit working in Western Oregon. We, we've got such beauty, but let's not take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Let's be part of that. Let's learn more. Let's participate. And I think about you, you and I were talking off the air about reading books. I mean, just this could be a great time to pick up, okay, well, even let's start with sacred scripture. Yeah, that is the number one hmm. book that we should be reading, and I don't think we can ever get finished with reading sacred scripture, Archbishop. It's always new and alive. No, that's so true. I mean, I'm a priest for 31 years. I was in the seminary for f- four years before that. Um, you know, so I've been immersing myself in scripture all this time, and I still get new insights. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will read a gospel in preparing, let's say, for a homily. I'll read a gospel, and I'll say to myself, I have never noticed that line before. I, 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 I never noticed that line. And then it'll jump out at me, and it'll give me this whole new insight and, and point for reflection that I sometimes leave and preach on. So, yeah, we can never exhaust Scripture. What I would recommend to people, though, in reading the Bible— is find a, a programmed way to do it, an assisted way to do it. 
to, the, the, the worst way, quite honestly, the worst way to read the Bible is to pick it up and begin, you know, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and just read from beginning to end. That's the worst way to read the Bible. You need, I need, mm-hmm. you know, we all need guidance in, in how to make sense of the Scripture. So there are many, many um, different vehicles, programs, ways to read the Bible, read the Bible in a year. But, you know, I think that uh, uh, if you find a way to read it that will help put it together for you, if you're not going to do that, uh, at least start with the Gospels. Pick up a Gospel. Read yes. Matthew. You know, start with Matthew and, and just read the Gospel of Matthew. One of the, I, I recommended this one Friday during one of my Friday night chapel chats. Ascension Press put out this Catholic Study Bible and the Revised Standard Version that's based on, on uh, the Bible uh, history timeline series. And so you read the Bible, you do read it in order, but it, it groups together different books that belong together. Because so, the books that kind of go together don't always appear next to each other in the Bible. So you might be reading the, the early historical books in the Pentateuch, uh, but there might be a psalm that relates there. Uh, or you're working your way through the wisdom literature, and you got to connect that with the historical books that that coincide with that time. And then there's wonderful notes, explanatory notes, guidance, the timeline. You can see the historical events as they're unfolding. Um, you know, great uh, exegesis of the scripture and, and the meaning behind these texts. So that that's kind of the way to read it. But you're right. I think you can't do any better than reading the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this time and and thanks be to God, more and more activities are are are, are coming back in terms of retreats, in terms of our parishes sponsoring different things, whether it is at Mount Angel Abbey, whether it's at our local retreat houses, that to take something structured over the summertime, which is what I've really enjoyed doing, is is even every quarter to be, I'm going to do a weekend, I'm going to take advantage of a, a women's silent retreat or a one-day retreat. But there is such a, a value, I know for myself, just going away, spending some time reflecting on, okay, Jesus, where are we today? Where am I? Where am I with you today? But those retreat times for the summertime can be a real valuable investment in our time. We need to we need to take stock of our of our relationship with our Lord. You know, you really you you we don't do this enough. We don't do this enough in our human relationships. Quite mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, how many married couples take the time to to sit back once in a while and say, hmm. You know, what what is what is the the state of my my marital relationship right now? You know, where is it strong? Where where is it weak? Where where do I need to work on this? In other words, to really examine the relationship and the state of the relationship in order to to foster it, to help it grow, to uh, nurture it. Um, our friendships. You know, we take friendships for granted. And do we take stock? Do we take appreciation for those? Well, I think the same is true in our relationship with our God, that, you know, how is that relationship going? You know, do we take time to stop and think about it? Yes, you know, many of us in preparation for the sacrament of penance, going to confession, you know, we do, we do an examination of conscience and, and we examine our behavior and our thoughts uh, and our words. But uh, do we... Do we do we go deeper? Do we look at, well, what is just the overall state of this relationship with Jesus? How strong is it? You know, how dedicated am I to it? Am I nurturing it? Am I helping it grow? You know, one of the principles of the spiritual life is you're either growing 
or you're regressing. There's very little, you know, staying on a plateau for, for very long. Either you're going to grow or you're going you're gonna to regress in the relationship. You can't maintain a status quo for very long. So am I growing in that relationship? Mm-hmm. Summertime is a great time to have some more reflective time. Yes, sit out in the sun, go to the beach, lay on the beach, but take some time laying on the beach or uh, under an umbrella out at, uh, at Haystack Rock or wherever you're going to go. And just think. I, I do this. I do this uh, uh, a lot of times when I when I am doing recreational sort of things. Uh, you know, to think about life in general. Quite honestly, and it wasn't really recreational. When I was back in in Michigan, going to university and studying engineering, thinking that was the track I was on. One of my jobs, I lived at home. My parents gave me room and board in college. <clears throat> but my job was to mow the lawn in the summertime, which was a big lawn. We were way out in the country, a riding lawnmower. And in the wintertime, I had to scoop. Snow. <laughs> I had to shovel, scoop, snow blow, and plow. I, can you imagine your archbishop used to, <laughs> used to sit behind the wheel of a snow plow and spend sometimes a couple of hours planting, plowing out snow? But those were times either on the riding lawnmower or in the, in the snow plow where I would just think. Uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of a mindless, repetitive activity you're doing. So it gives you a lot of time to think. I think about, you know, when I'm recreating, when I'm riding my bike, uh, when I'm swimming, I swim. When I'm swimming, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about things, you know, and I'm thinking about, yes, even spiritual things. So there's a lot of, of, of time you can give to God even when you're just enjoying some sort of physical activity or, or physical chore, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you mention that, Archbishop, and I think about you, whether you're out fishing or you're out on the bike, one of the great images that comes to my mind is um, Pope St. John Paul II, you know, climbing the mountain and all of the great images that we would see of, of, of Pope St. John Paul II in the great outdoors. Yes. And he was quite the, the oh, amazing outdoorsman. he was quite an outdoorsman, amazing athlete, really. Yeah. And to see that reflection of the love of nature, the love of God, that that gave him the fuel and mm-hmm. was part of his fuel for his love of serving the church. Yes. And, you know, I think that, that you know, he certainly saw the Lord uh, in, in, in the beauty of, of creation, you know, and he used to love to hike and camp and ski and especially with young, young people, he, mm-hmm. he, young couples. He liked to, he was very, always very attracted to ministry to young adults and young couples. Um, that's where he got so much of his material, if you will, for some of the beautiful writing that he did around uh, love and responsibility, about you know, the theology of the body. Mm-hmm. He got through through those interactions and those conversations with young people, but often they, they would be in recreational environments. You see how he could do that. He could he could go on a hiking trip, let's say, and a camping trip with a bunch of young adults, and it would be a life changing experience for some of those young adults because the time was taken on those not just to celebrate mass and to pray together, but to have these conversations around the the campfire. One of my favorite photos of John Paul II just comes into my mind right now. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with about sharing faith, but he's sitting in a canoe in the middle of a pond or a stream or something. They're shaving. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's all lathered up and he's sitting there all by himself in the canoe, you know, shaving uh, out there. But, you know, so, so, you know, I don't know why we compartmentalize our life mm-hmm. that way. You know, I mean, we don't have to, you know, do just do the recreation thing. We can bring God into that and have time to talk about it. I mean, if you're camping, you're just sitting around the campfire, 
right? You know, instead of just telling ghost stories, and I know that's what we used to do. <laughs> um, you know, bring up bring up God. Talk about Jesus. Talk about our faith. Have a deeper conversation. You know, and that ref- there's something about being around a campfire that invites reflection too. So yeah, so infuse your recreation time. It doesn't have to be separate from your God time. The two can actually they can coexist together. Mm-hmm. And aren't they meant to? I mean, God wants us to have a joyful life. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. As we close, you mentioned this earlier, and I think this is such the challenge for our families with kids is balance and Mm -hmm. the lure of activities. And even though we've been without activities for a while, the temptation to go to five different soccer camps Mm -hmm. and this particular thing and that thing, and, and so many things takes up our family time that we lose track of the presence of God in all of that. And and the need for us to continue to come back and have balance in family life, in whatever vocation, in our priestly life, in religious life, there there must be that balance. Yeah, and I think that, you know, this is the temptation I know for families today, you know, especially with, with multiple children. You know, you've got your kids are involved in so many different activities and, and you feel like you're just running from one thing to the other. And... Oftentimes, family members in the home be just become, you know, passing, passing in the night, so to speak. You know, just passing each other on the way to this activity or that activity. Balance. We 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 cannot let our activities take over our lives. They can't rule us. We have to govern them. We have to keep them in check. Uh, parents, you know, I, I I sympathize. You know. But, you know, we, we've got to learn to say no to some things, you know, and that, I think that's, that's the key. And that's quite honestly the key. I've, I've, it's been hard. That's a hard lesson for me to learn in my own life is to, to just learn that there's some things I just have to say no to, not because they're not valuable, not because they're not worthwhile, not because they they aren't good, but I can't do everything. And so to some things I simply have to say no in order to preserve balance in my life, to allow me time for prayer, to allow time for some reflection, to allow some time for reading, quite honestly, and to allow some time for, you know, even recreation and, and, and taking care of, of the body as well as the soul. So, yeah, we need to learn to say no. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's continue to enjoy and bask in the hopefulness of Jesus Christ in our summertime. And would you please help us close in yes. prayer? Lord, I ask your grace and blessings upon all of your sons and daughters during the summer time. Keep them safe from all harm. Help them rest and help them always draw closer to you. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you for listening to The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Day Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. 
Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.